0: CHAPTER 1. FAITH AND REPENTANCE The apostle Paul, having been falsely accused of sedition by Tertullus, we have found this man a public menace and one who stirs up dissensions, Acts 24 verse 5, makes an apology for himself before Festus and King Agrippa in chapter 26 of the book of Acts. Paul proves himself to be a good orator. He appeals to the king first by his gesture. He stretched out his hands, as orators had the habit of doing, and second by his way of speaking. Regarding all the things of which I am accused by the Jews, King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate that I am about to make my defense before you today. Acts 26 verse 2 Paul then speaks on three things so persuasively that he almost converts King Agrippa. One, he speaks of his way of life before his conversion. I lived as a Pharisee according to the strictest sect of our religion. Verse 5. During the time of his unregeneracy, he was zealous for the traditions, and his false fire of zeal was so hot that it scorched all who stood in his way he locked up many of the saints in prisons verse 10 2 he speaks of the way his conversion happened i saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun verse 13 this light was none other than the light that shone from christ's glorified body and i heard a voice saying to me Saul saul why are you persecuting me Verse 14. As the body of Christ on earth was being hurt, the head in heaven cried out. At this light and voice Paul was amazed and fell to the earth. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Verse 15. Paul was now redirected away from himself. All his self-righteousness vanished and he grafted his hope of heaven into the vine of Christ's righteousness. 3. He speaks of his way of life after his conversion. He who had been a persecutor before now became a preacher. Get up and stand on your feet. For this purpose I have appeared to you, to appoint you as a servant and a witness, not only to the things in which you have seen me, but also to the things in which I will appear to you. Verse 16. When Paul, this vessel of election, was saved by God's work, he strived to do as much good as previously he had done hurt. He had persecuted saints to death before. Now he preached sinners to life. God first sent him to the Jews at Damascus, and later God enlarged his commission to preach to the Gentiles. And the subject he preached on was this, that they are to repent and turn to God, performing deeds consistent with repentance. Verse 20. A weighty and excellent subject. I will not argue over the order whether faith or repentance goes first. There is no doubt that repentance shows itself first in a Christian's life but I am inclined to think that the seeds of faith are first born in the heart. When a burning candle is brought into a room, the light shows itself first, but the candle existed before the light. In the same way, we see the fruits of repentance first, but the beginnings of faith were there before. I believe faith is planted in the heart before repentance because repentance, being a grace, must be exercised by one who is alive. Now, how does the soul become alive except by faith? My righteous one will live by faith. Hebrews 10, verse 38. Therefore, there first must be some seeds of faith in the heart of one who repents. Otherwise, it is a dead repentance, and so of no value. Whether faith or repentance goes first, however, I am sure that repentance is of such importance that there is no being saved without it. After Paul's shipwreck, he swam to shore on planks and broken pieces of the ship. Acts 27, verse 44. In Adam, we all suffered shipwreck. And in the wake of that shipwreck, repentance is the only plank left to us to swim to heaven. It is a great duty required of Christians to solemnly repent and turn to God. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 3, verse 2. Therefore repent and return, so that your sins may be wiped away. Acts 3, verse 19. Repent of this wickedness of yours. Acts 8, verse 22. In the mouths of three witnesses, this truth is confirmed: repentance is a foundational grace. Not laying again a foundation of repentance, Hebrews six verse one, religion that is not built on this foundation will fall to the ground. Repentance is a grace required under the gospel. Some think it is legalistic, but yet the first sermon that Christ preached indeed. The first word of his sermon was "repent," Matthew 4:17, and the farewell he left when he was going to ascend was that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name, Luke 24:47. The apostles, all saying this same note, they went out and preached that people are to repent, Mark 6:12. Repentance is a pure gospel grace. The covenant of works did not allow for repentance. There was only one way. If you sin, you die. Repentance came in by the gospel. Christ has paid with His blood so that repenting sinners will be saved. The law required personal, perfect, and perpetual obedience. It cursed all who could not live up to this. Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law to do them. Galatians 3, verse 10. It does not say, He who does not obey in all things, let him repent, but, Cursed is everyone. So repentance is a doctrine that has been brought to light only by the gospel. How is repentance brought about? 1. Partly by the word. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. Acts 2 verse 37. The word preached is the engine God uses to bring about repentance. It is compared to a hammer and to fire. Jeremiah 23 verse 29. One to break, the other to melt the heart. What a great blessing it is to have the word, which is of such virtue, poured out on us. On the other hand, those who put out the lights of heaven will find it very hard to escape hell. 2 By the Spirit. Ministers are only the pipes and organs. It is the Holy Spirit breathing in them that makes their words effective. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. Acts 10:44 the Spirit in the Word illuminates and converts. When the Spirit touches a heart, it dissolves with tears. I will pour out on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the Spirit of grace, so that they will look at me whom they pierced, and they will mourn. Zechariah 12, verse 10. It is wonderful to consider what different effects the Word has upon people, Some at hearing a sermon are like Jonah. Their heart is tender, and they let tears fall. Others are no more affected by it than a deaf man is by music. Some grow better by the Word, others grow worse. The same earth that causes sweetness in the grape causes bitterness in the wormwood. Why does the Word work so differently? It is because the Spirit of God carries the Word to the conscience of one, and not another. One has received the divine anointing, and not the other. 1 John 2, verse 20. Let us pray that the dew may fall with the manna, that the Spirit may go along with the Word. The chariot of the law will not carry us to heaven unless the Spirit of God joins Himself to this chariot. Acts 8, verse 29.